You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. I want to continue to talk with you today about the value of community. We started this last week, so we're kind of continuing on with that. One of the things we said last week is that you're called to belong, not just to believe. To belong, to be a part of. We come into the family of God by believing, by believing that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who was crucified and resurrected, by believing, but beyond believing, we're called to belong. We're called to, to, to be a part of community. As I said last week, we're better together. And living in community is God's desire and it's God's design. It's the way he's fashioned us. Listen, the Bible knows nothing of solitary saints or spiritual hermits isolated from other believers and deprived of fellowship. Actually, what the Bible says is that we're put together, joined together, built together, members together, heirs together, fitted together, and held together, and we'll be caught up together. In other words, you're not on your own anymore. When you come into God's family, while your relationship with Christ is personal, God never intends it to be private. In God's family, we're connected. You are connected to every other believer, and we'll belong to each other, get this, for all eternity. Pretty exciting. The Bible says in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So the church is a body, not a building. The church is a, a living organism, not, a, not an organization. And for the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose, that they must be connected to your body. And I think the same is true for you as a part of Christ's body. You were created for a specific role, but you'll, you'll miss the purpose of your life if you're not connected to community. So you discover your role in life through your relationship with others. That's why community is so critical. And that's why we need each other. Because in and of ourselves, by ourselves, we are unique and we are wonderful. Man, I might turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're wonderful. Tell them you're looking good today. Yeah, each of you are unique as to God's design. You're wonderful. You're special. You're valuable. You're all of those things. But in and of yourself and by yourself, get this, you're not complete. Why? Because God created you to bring all that you are and all that you have and put it together with others in community. And there you discover more life and and better life. So by yourself, you're not bad. But when we come together, it's it's better. I mean, let me see if I can illustrate it this morning with just a little simple. How many of you, how many of you have ever baked a cake? Okay. How many of you have ever ate cake? Yeah, probably everyone in the room. But you know, a cake... A cake is actually a lot of different ingredients that have been brought together, right? For those of you who know about baking, you know there's a lot of different ingredients. Like, like cake's not just flour. Flour's in the cake, but cake is more than, than flour. And so I have, to, not, not all of the ingredients, but I have a number of ingredients that would, that would be combined to make the cake. And they're not bad, but in and of themselves, they, 
They're not like so good. For example, um, vegetable oil is often used in baking cakes. Have you ever tried vegetable oil by itself, just like to take a drink? It kind of just flows down, but like it upsets the stomach a bit. It's important, it's valuable, but in and of itself, by itself, it's not so good. And, and cocoa, I, I like chocolate. You might even say I'm a bit addicted to chocolate. I really like chocolate. And so you have cocoa that often is used in making a cake, but cocoa by itself, it's not so good. It's kind of bitter. It's like this is, this is not what chocolate's supposed to be like. And then you have baking powder. I'm not going to taste this. I can tell you by itself it's not good, but it's a critical component in the baking process. But you don't want to eat it by itself. Or salt. We could talk about salt. Or or eggs, raw eggs. I don't like raw eggs. Now, I like some fried eggs and grits. Come on, I can get on some fried eggs and grits. But raw eggs by themselves, it's like, no, I don't I don't think so. Or or sugar. Sugar's good, but after you eat a few spoonfuls it's like ah. it's kind of like that Krispy Kreme donut it's it was such a good idea when the sign was flashing hot but after you eat a couple it's like why did I do that right it's kind of like the sugar or flour flour by itself it just it doesn't taste good yet it's a critical component when we're when we're making a cake when we bring all of the ingredients together then what we end up with is we end up with, right? And I'm telling you, that's really good. So when we bring all, I'm sorry, give me just a minute. Anybody got any coffee? Mm. When you bring all the ingredients together, you end up with something that's delightful. And so it is in the body of Christ. In and of yourself, you're a little bit like a... Who wants to be baking powder? Some of you are salt. Some of you are sugar. Some of you are flour. Some of you are vanilla extract. Like you smell good, but like what's inside's not so tasty. <laughs> Just kidding. My point being, my, my point being, we need all of the different ingredients coming together, and so it is in the body of Christ. Then we have something that's delightful, that's good, um, and I believe that's God's design. And that he's created us not to be so much the separate ingredients, but he's created us to bring who we are and what we have. And in that, in that we see the body of Christ functioning together. See, God specifically designed us to crave, to thrive in relationship with others. We had at our best selves when we're experiencing life's highs and lows with other believers. There's no way around it, folks. We are better together. We're better together. You know, it's interesting. When Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, 
from Egypt to the promised land, God gave Moses some commands, some directives. We call them the Ten Commandments. They're found in Exodus chapter 20. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's interesting that all Ten Commandments are about relationship. The first four talk about our relationship with God, how we're connecting with God. The last six talk about how we're connecting with one another, how we're living out relationship with one another. But all ten are about relationship. And then Jesus, when Jesus was asked by one of the religious leaders, what's the greatest of all the commandments? In Matthew 22, verse 37, this is what Jesus said in answer to the question, what's the greatest of the commandments? He says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and to love your neighbors yourself. Jesus took all the law and he narrowed it to two. Love God Love others. Connect with God. Connect with others. And when we connect with God, and we're doing life in relationship with God, and we're doing life in relationship with others, again, it's then that we discover greater life. See, see, what you have to know is that relationships, not achievements or the acquisition of things, are what matter most in life. And the challenge is, is we chase after the things. We chase after the achievements. But they're really not what matters most. What matters most is relationship. Fullness of life is discovered in community, not isolation. Now, just this past week, I was talking with a gentleman who was a part of our Lumberton mission team. We had about 27 folks that went down to Lumberton. And we were just talking about his trip, his first mission trip ever. And he, he said, you know, Pastor, he said, I can't tell you how exciting it was and how fun it was to be a part of a community serving others. He said, wow, on the jobs that we had different individuals using different skill sets, and we were encouraging one another, we were applauding one another, we were laughing. He said, it was a blast. And in the process, we helped some folks who really had some major needs. And this is how we closed the conversation. He says, Pastor, the mission trip I went on has been one of the most fulfilling experiences I've ever had in my life. In community... Serving others. One of the highlights, he would say, of his life and of his faith journey. Hear me, friends. It's relationships. It's not the acquisition of things. It's not so much our achievements in life that matter most. That's why the Apostle Paul would write the words we have in Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 3. Scripture's on the screen if you want to just follow along there. But listen as I read. For by, for by the grace given me, given me, I, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. 
If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And then the first part of verse 9 says, love must be sincere. But in this passage of scripture, Paul is speaking of how we were created for communion, how we should function within communion. Rather than being isolated and doing life on our own, what we discover here is that God's plan is that we share life in community. That's why we make groups such a big deal. If you're wondering, why do we talk about groups? Why do we promote groups? Why do we try to get you connected to a group? Because we believe that life happens better as we're connected to community. Again, it's God's design. In community, what? You get to love and be loved. In community, you get to encourage and be encouraged. In community, you get to serve and be served. Where does it happen? In community. As God's designed the body of Christ to function. Here's three truths we discover in Romans 12. The first is this. Really simple. You need others and others need you. You need others. And others need you. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you need me and I need you. Go ahead and tell them. Some of the wives are saying, I'm glad you finally figured that out. <laughs> right? You need others and others need you. Notice in verse 3, Paul says this. Don't think of yourself more highly than you are. Let me tell you what he's saying here. Don't think that you're some individual who's got it all together and that you don't need anyone else. I can do life on my own just fine. That is a point of arrogancy and pride. Paul says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. You need others. You need others to help you do life. You need others to encourage you, to support you, to help you be all that God created you to be. And we... Within God's design, we function best with others. So I need others and others need me. A great illustration of this is our own physical bodies. I mean, think about, think about the major organs in your body. Let's start with the heart. Think about your, your heart, the, the physical organ in your body. It, the heart is a pretty amazing organ. Get this. Your heart, on an average, the human heart pumps over 100,000 times a day, every 24 hours, over 100,000 times, pumping over 2,000 gallons of blood throughout your body. Listen, that's why you're so stinking tired. <laughs> Think about that. 2,000 2, gallons every 24 hours, pumping through your body. How many of you know? Heart's pretty amazing as to God's design. But how many of you know, as amazing as the heart is, the heart does not function without the lungs. Lungs are pretty important. Why? What do the lungs do? It puts oxygen into the blood. So if the heart's working really well and lungs are not working, how many of you know you've got a problem? Or the, let's talk about the kidneys. What do the kidneys do? The purpose of the kidneys is to filter, to get all of the toxins out of the blood, out of your, out of your body. So let's say... The kidneys say, hey, uh, we're tired. We're going to take the week off. How many of you know, body doesn't work, doesn't function. 
So it's not enough just to have a strong, healthy heart. We need all of the organs working together. One organ needs the other to be effective. So it is in the body of Christ. You need others. And others need you. Here's the second truth we find in Romans 12. You have a role to fulfill and a responsibility to others. Look on to verse 5. Paul says, so, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. Catch that. We belong what? To each other. So within the church, the body of Christ, each of us have a significant place. You're not an island unto yourself, nor are you to live some solo Christian experience. We belong to, we're to be connected to each other. So what does that mean? This is what it means. It means I have the privilege of serving you, and you have the privilege of serving me. I have the privilege of loving you. You have the privilege of loving me. I have the privilege of encouraging you. You have the privilege of encouraging me as we share in community together. Why? Because each member, all of us, belong to all of the others. So we're not independent. We're interdependent. And we live this out as we, as we take the gifts and abilities we've been given and we share them or we use them to add value to the community. Notice Paul goes on in verse 6 to say we have different gifts according to the grace given us. He goes on to identify such gifts as prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, and leadership. Listen, we all have different abilities as to God's design. None of us. None of us like have all the abilities. Listen, you can't go hide in the corner and say, well, I got all the gifts. I don't need you. No, you have some and I have some and someone else has some. And we bring the diversity of our gifts together. And it's there that we become effective. It's there that we find fulfillment as we're sharing in our gifts together. I mean, I just think of what happens here on a Sunday morning. Listen, if you come to Grace Covenant, if you drive into the parking lot, walk into the building, sit in the pew, when I say amen, you head right back out, get in your car and leave, then you know nothing about what I'm getting ready to talk about. But there's a whole lot that happens behind the scene that makes Grace Covenant happen. And it's individuals using their different gifts coming together. For example, we have folks who have the gift of hospitality and they make coffee for us every Sunday. Can you get an amen on that one? I mean, you know, we need some caffeine. Praise God for the folks who make coffee. We have, we have folks who have the gift of service and they're out parking cars in the parking lot so we don't have a bunch of wrecks on Sunday morning, right? We have to do repentance before we ever get to worship because we ran into somebody. And gifts of service, and listen, they, they check every toilet every Sunday morning before you get here. How many of you know it's really important that the toilets work? And folks who have the gift of service. We have individuals who have the gift of administration, and they're setting things in order for folks like myself who can be easily distracted. We have individuals who have the gift of teaching, and while we're in here, they're teaching your children, your teens. They're depositing God's Word in their life. Pretty important we have individuals who have the gift of exhortation and, and that's displayed as they're playing instruments as they're leading us in worship. But that's the body of Christ functioning together as we bring a variety of gifts. And in that, what we become 
We become better. Listen, you need others and others need you. So as I wrap this up this morning, I, I want to quickly leave you with five values of community. Because at the end of the day, I know enough about humanity to know this. You're asking, okay, pastor, what's in it for me? We shouldn't. But we, that's what, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to know, okay, is it worth it? Is it worth me taking the risk? Is it worth me making the investment? Why, why, would, I, why would I do that? Why would I connect in community? The first is this. Community gives you the opportunity to live out love. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus said this, A new command I give you. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And through your love, the world will know that you're my followers. How many of you, how many of you know, you, you can't live out love all by yourself. Oh, I just love me. I just need some more of me. I just love, I'm going to love, love, love on me. How many of you know, after, after about 30 seconds of that, you know, you've had enough of you, right? What do you need? You need others. Community gives you the opportunity. You can't live out love by yourself. Love is not an emotion. Love is an action. It's lived out as we serve, as we care, as we help others. We live out love where? Community. Here's a second, a second value of community. It creates a place for encouragement and support. Galatians 6.2 says this, carry, carry you one another's burdens and and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Listen, it's difficult to carry someone's burden if you don't know who they are, what the burden is. So we, we can help others. I mean, you know, sometimes life just gets difficult. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it feels like, man, I'm pushing a wagon up the hill and I need some help. Where, where can you find encouragement and support? A great place is Community. We have people who, who are speaking life. And here's a third value of community. Community enhances our spiritual development. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. In other words, you encourage me in growth and I get to encourage you. You speak life to me. You bring truth. You bring challenge. And so I get to do the same for you. And in that, what we grow in our faith journey. And then if you go back in church history, there was a time in the church where individuals thought, you know, if you really want to go deep with Jesus, then you've got to become a hermit. You know, go out, isolate yourself in a, in a monastery somewhere. Don't talk to anyone. Don't, don't in, interact with anyone. And just, oh, just be by yourself and get all holy. I'm not throwing a rock at that this morning. But I, I would say that if you really want to grow, the best way you grow is you're sharing life with others through serving and forgiving and helping. And it's that iron sharpening iron. Here's a fourth value of community. Community meets practical needs and opens your eyes to the needs of others. In Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45, we have this statement of the early church, of how the early church was functioning. And listen to how the scripture reads. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. But they were meeting practical needs in community. 
And so it is for us. I mean, we have today we have grace feeding grace, which is a great illustration of this. So what's grace feeding grace? Grace feeding grace is an opportunity for the grace family to bring together groceries kind of out of the overflow or the abundance. And we bring those to help grace covenant family members who may be having a struggle. How many of you know food on the table is a really practical need? And so what it's the Grace Covenant family in community living that living that out. Meeting the needs, meeting the needs of others. Here's the final value of community. Community brings out your best. Brings out your best. It helps you be the best you can be as you're sharing life. You're sharing life with others. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, we, we find this verse of Scripture. Would you read this with me? Let's read this together. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. We might say it like this. Pity the man who falls and has no community to support him. Listen, this is what I know. We are our best. We are our best when we're in community. That's where we thrive. When we help others thrive. As we're sharing in community. You know, it's interesting. Over 50 times, over 50 times in the New Testament, you find this phrase, one another or each other. 50 times. You think God might be trying to say something to us? Over 50 times. We're commanded to love each other, to pray for each other, to serve each other, to teach each other, to honor each other, to bear each other's burdens, to forgive each other, to submit to each other, to be devoted to each other. And there's many other mutual tasks. But what's clear from Scripture, friends, is that our faith is to be lived out in community, not in isolation. So if you've not found a place to connect in community, then I challenge you to find that place. Stop by Clinton Hall. Let us help you find that place. Why? Because we're better together. You'll discover more life and better life. Where? In community. Why? That's the way God's created you. This way He's designed you. Listen, don't try to live out your faith in isolation. Don't just come and attend a service here at Grace Covenant and leave. See, Grace Covenant is not about a worship service. Grace Covenant is about family. And when I think about church, church in its most basic form is this. We're connecting with God and we're connecting with others. That's church. If you've not found that place, we want to help you find that place. It doesn't have to be in the life of Grace Covenant. Community happens in a lot of ways and a lot of places. But if you don't have that place, hear me, you need that place of connection. Because you need others. And others need you. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the wonder of your mercy and your grace. God, that you've brought us into your family. Wow, what a privilege. Now, Lord, you've called us not to just believe, but you've called us to belong. And so, Lord, I I pray, Lord, for everyone here today that they would understand the significance and the value of community. 
And Holy Spirit, I just ask if there's, if there's anyone here today who's hearing my voice that's not found that place of connection, God, I pray that they would, Lord, that they would be convicted, that they would be moved, that they would be motivated to say, hey, I need to take the next step. I need to take the risk. I need to move beyond maybe the bad experience of my past. Find that place of connection. Holy Spirit, I just ask that they would they would just have a discontent until they find that place of connection. And in that, Lord, find support and encouragement. A place to be loved. A place to be encouraged. And a place that they can live that out. thanks thanks for the privilege that you've granted us of being able to share life together in family amen would you stand with me this morning I'm going to ask our prayer teams if they would come we have leaders here at the front we have leaders in the balcony the communion tables are open if you'd like to come and celebrate communion If you're here today and you have a need, a physical need, a financial need, a relational need, whatever that might be, listen, here at Grace Covenant, we believe in the power of prayer. So if you have a need, we would love to pray with you this morning. And if you're here today and you've never never received Christ as your Savior, you never said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Listen, this is how you get into the family. You open your life to Christ, to that of the wonder of God's grace. If you're here today and you've not made that decision, I encourage you, before you leave this building, please come talk with one of these leaders. and just say, All you have to say is, hey, help me know how I can become a part of the family. They'd be glad. They'd be delighted to share with you how Jesus Christ can be your Lord and Savior. If you're here for the first time again, don't forget, please stop by Guest Central and please stop by Clinton Hall. Pick up some information on groups and get some ice cream. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.